You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are Destiny Jackson's interviews with the stars from Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown, followed by an interview with the film's producer, Adane Ebo, and the co-producer, director, and screenwriter, Adama Ebo. I just want to clarify some things before we, before we get started. Every woman is not built for the great responsibility of being a first lady. Pastor Lee Curtis Childs faces allegations of misconduct. His megachurch may never be the same. Lee Curtis and I, we're going to get to the other side. You there. Yeah, with the big old microphone. Come in closer, son. You're going to see what all the fuss is about. Showtime. What's up? Uh, Fresh is our turn, baby. Lee Curtis is a talent, a star. Oh, boy. Uh, we can edit around that, right? This is going to chronicle the ultimate comeback. I'm Rocky up in this fight. Mm. Rocky didn't win. But he did win in Rocky too. Lord, baby, how many times I got to tell you get past the first movie? That was all set up. He is just so wrong. <laughs> he needs someone to harness it all. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. I'm sure plenty of the old congregation will come right on back through good old ones of the greater path doors. <laughs> you have a blessed one. Oh, my goodness. And you have a blessed... Um, I want to ask you a silly question first. Okay. Who was the most devout about the craft on set? Like, who stuck to their marks and cues the most? Who broke character the most? Who showed up to work on time? <laughs> Neither one of us broke hair, bro. Yeah. Who's the most, who would you say? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty, like, on top of those sorts of things, but so is Regina. Um, there were no extreme differences. No. I was probably always five or ten minutes late, would you say That's that? about it. Yeah, but never to set. No. Never to set. No. Um, yeah, that's it. No. no. Regina takes her her craft. Yeah. Regina takes her craft. Like, Regina's the kind of actor that would use the word craft, and people wouldn't think that she would use the word craft. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I love that. No, that's good. We love that. Yes. Um, my next question then, like, so for Regina, um, this ending is, is wild. So, hmm. like, my question is, like, uh, how did you kind of interpret that for yourself, like, either through, like, yourself or the lens of the character? Um, it's not so much of a happy ending, you know, but maybe it is for her. But right. what did you think, kind of, like, following her journey? Did you think it was going to end up the way that it did? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that Trinity had a happy ending, but, 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 um, she had resolved, you know, mm. she was resolved in her decision, you know, whether that decision will make her happy, um, it would have made her unhappy to leave. I think, you know, there are just so many things about Lee Curtis that she admires and enjoys, but you know, there's. But what, but what I do believe is in her journey that I didn't expect is that there was something about her that was no longer going to be dis diminished. Yes. Diminished even well even even because of God or her covenant. There was a way for her to feel esteemed and 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 respected, and I think a lot of that came from. The hat was the sim symbolic portion, right. but I, I, I think in the miming, I think when she felt that her husband 
um, had asked her to do something that reduced her yeah. to that which she would never have expected, then that made her say, well, then now there has to be a limit. If I'm going to stay, right. there, I, will, I will stay with boundaries. Excellent. I don't know what's going to happen in the bedroom. That, that, I didn't feel hopeful about that. Right. But that's an excellent observation. No longer diminished. Yeah. That's good. That's I good. love that. And Sterling, my same question for you. Like, yeah. your character has a lot more hidden stuff that isn't, you know, brought to the surface as much as it is Regina's, because so much of the character for Regina, you know, we're seeing a lot sure. more of that. Yeah. Um, so for you, how did you kind of interpret, like, when reading the script to bringing this character to life, how did you kind of interpret that, the storyline for your character? My wife read a lot of E. Lynn Harris novels back in the day. Mm. Mm. E. Lynn Harris. You know who E. Lynn yeah. Harris is? Yes. yes. And so before we even got married, because she was reading these books, she asked me, yeah. Are you gay? And I say, no, Bird, I'm not gay. And she said, well, how do I know? <laughs> I said, you're going to have to trust me. She said, because I'm reading this book, and I don't know if I can trust it. I was like, well, you're just going to have to. Uh, you know, I had that happen to a friend. Did you really? So I say that to say, like, you know, that this idea of, like, folks on the down low and whatnot, and, and it's something that I'm familiar with for people who I love who've made choices similar to Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was something uh, fascinating to be explored. I mean, it kind of did in like Far From Home as well with, mm -hmm. a, with a white couple, et cetera. But um, especially as it's tied to the church mm -hmm. and the idea of like how one must present themselves in order to be in God's divine will, mm -hmm. um, even though they know themselves authentically to be something that is different than the presentation but still have a connection to that which is divine. Mm. I think that was really like the primary draw for me was like, all right, this person is deserving of grace. Mm. Even though he makes bad choices and has enlisted and has sort of in it or directly impacted the joy of someone else, mm. he felt as if this was the only way he could move forward in being God's divine will, alignment, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's something that is worthy of questioning directly. Love that. Thank you so much, and have a good rest of your junket. Good luck. Thank right you on, Destiny. So Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm a sinner, but I'm no criminal. We need you back in that pulpit so you can get me back on that stage. You ain't really getting that many beans, baby. Shake it for the Lord. Shake it for the Lord. All those folks out there who are going to see this, I want them to know that I did what I was supposed to do. I just don't see how that's possible. All, all things are possible with God. That's, oh, that's God. Matthew 19, 26. Yes, it is. So that's good. You can cut. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for this film. I totally appreciate that. Um, I guess let's jump in. So um, forgive me for butchering this line. I wrote it down like while I was in the dark of the theater, so hopefully I kind of got it right. But I wanted to ask you specifically about this line. Um, there's this line, uh, these men will chew you up and spit you out and then get mad you didn't give them enough nutrients. I think is how it goes. So I kind of wanted to 
to ask you guys, like, I feel like this kind of, this line kind of encapsulates the entire, like, vibe of the film, or at least for Regina's character's journey throughout the film. Can you kind of talk to me about, like, how you found yourselves uh, coming up with the idea for this film? Like, why this topic? Why the both of you? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes from, you know, the, the idea of, like, unchecked power and I think and I think that's what unchecked power does is that it expects everything of you and then gives nothing to you and I think at a certain point Regina's character is feels like she's doing everything for this person and for their relationship and for their church their life yeah. and not getting enough back in return yeah um, and so I think that that's definitely what the line is is uh, encapsulating and then a layer beneath that is just how that affects tends to affect women in particular, yeah. um, specifically black women who are expected to hold everything down, and then when the world crumbles, it's somehow so all for our, our, our fault. So or our responsibility, or our to, build responsibility it back up. to build it back up. You know, yeah. <laughs> the president who who did that? Us. You know, yeah. Black women. Black women. Elected Joe Biden. Yes. Joseph Robin and Biden. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> you sure we did that. Okay, we did that. Um, my last question for you guys, what freedoms did making this a documentary, a mockumentary style um, give you? What freedoms did this give you as opposed to um, shooting an actual, like, you know, standardized feature? Um, was it always that way in the drafts or did this come mm -hmm. later? It was yeah. always that way in the drafts. In, in, in the script, it's, it's like designated what scene is like documentary, what scene is what we, we called it cinematic. Um, and it was like shot listed that way and mm -hmm. everything when um, my DP and I, Alan Glazowski, were, were getting into the nitty gritty. Um, but it, it gives you freedom, I think, of like, uh, of like kind of messiness. Mm -hmm. Like if the scene, like if the camera, like if, if something happens in the scene um, or if the camera's just a little bit shakier, it doesn't necessarily matter because it's a documentary and it's the type of documentary we were going for is it was kind of like this guerrilla style documentary. Um, uh, but it, it also gives you, I sort of, I think like, what's the term? What am I, what was it? I think it gives you room to play. And like you said, like the mess, I think we learned that with the short film because in the short oh, film, there's yeah. a particular, so we had our Black Jesus statue in the, in the feature and we also had in the short. The Black Jesus statue in the short, you know, we had a very limited budget, so he was paper mache. And so, you know, he went through some things on that set and he would fall down a lot. Um, and there was one particular day where he had already fallen a bunch. He was barely, barely holding it together. Barely giving it together. And he started, he fell again. And that was it for Black Jesus. And we were like, well, we like, what are we going to do? And Adama and RDP for the short were like, let's keep rolling on this. And we had our actors who were uh, Trinity and Lee Curtis in the short. We were like, pick them up. Like, pick them up and like, pretend like you're trying to hoist Black Jesus back up. And it wasn't written to the script, but it made it into the to the, the short film yeah. because it, it worked. And so I think, you know, faux documentary, mockumentary style allows that room to play. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. And good luck with the rest of the tour. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Destiny Jackson's interviews with the stars for Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Regina Hall, and Sterling K. Brown, and also with the Ebo sisters, writer, director, and producer Adama Ebo, and the film's co-producer, Adane Ebo. Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul is now playing in theaters and is available to stream on Peacock by Focus Features. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. 
Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.